Good morning, Embrace. Welcome to church. Nice to see your all's faces. Um, I invite you to stand. Let's join in a call to worship. I'll read the first part. Let's open our hearts and minds to what the Lord has for us this morning. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day arises to meet the sun, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Love came down at Christmas, love, a oh, lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, stars and angels gave the sign. Let's sing that part again. Love came down at Christmas. Love, a lovely love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. And love will be our token. Love be yours. And love be mine, love from God to all of us. Stuff for plea and gift a sign. Love came down at Christmas. Love, a lovely love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. And love will be our token. Love be yours. Love be mine. Love from God to again love and love will be our token love be yours love be mine love from God to all of us love for plea and gift a sign Love for the Ten Commandments, love for the nine that dressed so fine, love for the eight that stood at the gate, love for the seven that went up to heaven, love for the six that never got fixed, love for the five that stayed alive, 
Love for the four that stood at the door. Love for all the children. Love for the little baby. And love will be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love from God to all of us. Love for please. good to be here today. I'll invite you all to go ahead and have a seat. And I'm going to invite uh, our folks who are going to light our candles this morning. So Isaac and Shiori and their daughters, Anna and Eileen, y'all can come forward. Let's give them a hand as they come up. We're going to do our reading this morning and light our Advent candles. We are going to be lighting four of them today as we gear up for Christmas. Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to the king and said, Ask a sign of the Lord, your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But when the king refused, God would not be stopped. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. God wants us to know, even when we aren't sure ourselves. God wants us to experience God's presence, even when we think we can have life on our own. God sends us signs of God's presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife and had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. We light these candles, a candle of joyous hope a proclaimed peace of deep, everlasting joy. And today a presence that speaks of love as a sign that no matter our circumstance, we know we are not alone. Thank you so much. Y'all can go have a seat. 
What we're going to do now is we're going to take just a few moments and share with one another like we do each week. We do it here in the room and also those of you online. I love when you all share a little bit as well so that we can see what's going on uh, with you all this week. But what we do is we just frame it as we're sharing our gratitude, so something that you're grateful for. And then also if you have a lament, a lament is just sharing something that maybe is not quite right in your life. If you've had a hard week or if you see something in our world that's just upsetting you and causing you sadness or pain, um, then you can share that and bring that to the community as well. And so I encourage you just to get with maybe four or five people around you, uh, three or four or five. Um, if you see someone by themselves, then you know, I'd ask you if you could just go, uh, go to them and invite them to join you as well. But let's just take just a few moments um, and share gratitude and lament, and then we'll uh, call you back together in just a minute.
let's take just another moment to wrap up our conversations. Invite you to stand with us as we sing this song.
darkest hours on our hardest days we do not have to be afraid you will never leave you will not forsake the promises that you have made in our darkest hours on our hardest days we do not have to be Darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken Oh, I won't be shaken Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your has a place to hide well, I am not a captive to the lies I'm not afraid to leave my past behind no I won't be shaken oh I won't be shaken cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing your love my fear doesn't 
stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Let's sing that again, my fear. Because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Well, there is power that can break off every chain. resurrection power that can save there's power in your name there's power in your name my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your Amen. It's really, really good to be together today. My name is John Gallagher. I'm the lead pastor at the church. Just want to say welcome to each and every one of you. If you're visiting with us, I want to give you a special welcome this morning. I hope you feel right at home. Don't hesitate to reach out to me or to one of our other pastors if you need anything. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to dismiss our children for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So if you are a parent, you have a child who is four years old all the way up through fifth grade in elementary school then they are welcome to join uh, the other kids in the Wonder Room. Um, if you are a parent and you just have your child here for the first time, then we would love for you to walk up with your child, and Rachel will be there to make sure you fill out the right form and check them in properly. But let's give them a hand as they come up to the front. And y'all can have a seat as well. What we're going to do now is we're going to just spend a little bit of time in prayer together. And so I'm going to kneel here at the altar like I do each week. If anyone else would like to join me at the altar, then you are invited to come forward um, and kneel as well. Um, you're more than welcome to stay in your seats and pray also. But if you uh, like that posture of prayer, of kneeling, uh, then the altar is available to you for that. Um, I'm going to give us some space just to be quiet um, and kind of still, some of you just sent your kids off upstairs and maybe you need to decompress just a bit. Um, we'll take a little bit of time just to breathe and, and be still, and then I'll pray a prayer for us. And then we'll close by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Um, and the words to the Lord's Prayer will be on the screen. I encourage you to follow along with those to make sure you're praying the correct version along with the rest of us. Um, so 
I'm going to kneel here at the altar. If anybody would like to join me, you're invited to come forward, and I'll just give us a little bit of time to begin to enter into this prayer space. I imagine some of us here feel very close to God right now. Maybe you've had just a really sweet time throughout your week of of prayer and connection to God. I imagine many of us in the room maybe don't feel so connected to God now, and maybe this is the first time you've set aside to pray all week. I just want you to know wherever you're at, there is grace, um, that God's arms are open to you inviting you back into his presence. So I encourage you to enter uh, into this time of prayer with confidence, with joy, knowing that God is waiting for you, inviting you back into his arms today. I encourage you just to breathe. Breathe in, breathe out. Know that God's life-giving presence is here among us today, moving all throughout this space, even inside of our bodies, filling us up, pouring out love upon us. Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He said, remain in me as I remain in you. He said, with me, you can bear much fruit. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I encourage you to hear those words as an invitation this morning. Get connected to Jesus, the true vine, to lean back into his loving arms and to experience all the life and the goodness and the joy that comes from being connected to Jesus and walking with him each and every step of our way. Lord, we come to you this morning and we are so grateful for your grace We're grateful that you show us grace, that that when we do not deserve any good thing from you, you still are so quick to give it anyway. 
We do not understand this radical love. We do not understand this unconditional love that continues to pour out upon us. Even when, Lord, we do not love you or love one another the way that you want us to. God, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us once again back into your arms. And I pray today we could rest there. And we could rest there and experience peace. Lord, many of us are probably busy right now. Many of us may be overwhelmed and stressed getting ready for the holidays, which are often meant to be a time of rest and connection with family and friends and you, but often don't end up being that way. God, I pray that you would help help us, Lord, to, to see through all the stress and anxieties and the worries. And God, you would help us, Lord, to, to do what we need to do to, to reprioritize and get, get focused and, and allow this holiday season to be a time of true connection with you and people that we love and who love us. Lord, I know that many of us likely feel down and sad. Many of us struggle with many hard feelings during this time of year. I know many people are experiencing just profound grief as they, they remember lost loved ones, particularly during the holiday times. I know some of us have even lost loved ones during this month, and, and I know that it can be an especially hard season. And I pray for your comfort for your friendship, for your love to pour out on those of us who are walking through seasons of grief, for those of us who uh, are dealing with the pain of loss, and that you would be our comfort and our friend. Lord, I pray for those who are sick this morning. We pray for Pastor Tanya and her family as they're dealing with COVID. We pray you would heal them quickly that you would be with them, help them not to uh, get too stressed or overwhelmed being quarantined in a house together. They could find some moments of joy and some peace, even in the midst of the challenging time that they're in right now. We pray uh, for Jeremy and Carrie as they're shared online with their car situation, that you would provide for them um, and help them just to continue to press forward, even in the midst of losing one of their vehicles as they um, have a just complex issues to deal with as a family um, moving forward. pray you would be with them. We pray for all the other requests that, that folks have, all the other things that are on our hearts and minds today. We pray you would be near all of us and help us, Lord, to feel your presence and to know that you are real. Help us, Lord, this morning to have eyes to see, eyes to see the things that you want us to see. We pray that we could continue daily to borrow the eyes of God, and see the world, to see ourselves, to see others the way that you want us to see. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our hearts. Open our lives. To press in more into you, Lord, and be more unified with you through your Holy Spirit living in us and working through us. Lord, we need you so much. This is a painful world to live in. 
But we know we can even experience joy even as we live in this painful time. Because nothing compares to the great love that you have for us and for the entire world. Nothing compares to the goodness of God. We pray that, Lord, that that chorus we sang, that, that our fears wouldn't stand a chance as we stand in your love. Thank you, Lord, for being near to us today. And now let's join together and pray this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm uh, excited to share with you all this morning a message that I find quite interesting, and so I hope that you all do as well. And uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Let me get my things situated here. So last week, I shared with you all that I'd just been having a hard time. I shared with you all that, that the week before, this past one was just a particularly hard week and one of the hardest ones I've had in a while. And, and really, one thing that was happening during that week is I was really struggling to see the goodness of God. You know, we sang of the goodness of God this morning, and often we sing words and they can feel a bit hollow because we're not sure if we fully like are buying into the things we're saying. And, and sometimes I feel that way because if I'm not truly experiencing what I'm singing, then, then it can be a, a bit of a disconnect. And that was one of those weeks I was really struggling to feel joyful, and I, and I had to preach a sermon on joy, so that was a little bit challenging. Uh, but we made it through it together, uh, and so I appreciate you all last week being willing to to dig in and share yourselves, you know, about ways you've experienced joy, and I know that it really was contagious. It spread to me and to others, and I left here feeling a whole lot better, and last week was um, started to see a lot more light. Um, but, but just like... Uh, you all, I mean, we all, all have hard weeks. Many of us have hard weeks throughout our lives, and I was having the same experience. Our text this morning um, really has been an encouragement to me, and I hope it can be for you all as well. It's another text from the book of Isaiah, and it is a powerful scripture. And, and I think it can help those of us who maybe are having a hard time right now believing that God is near. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotes from the New Testament is when the guy was talking to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe. He said, help me in my unbelief. And, and that's like the story of probably all of our lives, right, who, who are clinging to faith and holding on to hope. It's like, yes, we believe, but we still have doubts. We still have struggles, and we need God to meet us in those moments. And so today, if you feel like I do right now, like you're just trying to come out of some hard stuff, then perhaps this text will help you, and hopefully it will remind you that God is indeed near and God is not far off. So I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. And I'm going to be reading from the 
New Revised Standard Version. And so it'll be on the screen behind me. And uh, you might be a little confused because it's like halfway through a story uh, where these words come. Sometimes the lectionary text can be a little confusing. I'm going to try to give you generally kind of some ideas on what's going on there. But let me read it, and then we'll dig into it. So again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ahaz was the king of Judah, by the way. So again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as the heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you, uh, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before those two kings you are in dread will be deserted. So, Let me explain just generally what is happening here, because I know it's a little bit confusing jumping into the middle of a story. So Ahaz was the king of Judah, and if you remember, there was a period of time where there was a unified kingdom of Israel, but at one point they split into two, and so you had the northern kingdom, which came known to be Israel, and then you had the southern kingdom, which was known as Judah. The southern kingdom is where Jerusalem was, um, and this is where King Ahaz was ruling. Now, King Ahaz, at this point in Israel's history, in Judah's history, he was stressed out and he was afraid. He was overwhelmed. Surrounding nations, including the northern kingdom of Israel, were conspiring against him and his people. Now, if you're the king of a nation and surrounding nations are conspiring against you, you would be afraid. Judah was a very small nation. There were powerful empires all around. And so he felt backed into a corner. And so he began trying to cut deals with nearby powers who really weren't his friends, but he was in desperation and was trying to figure out a way to save and salvage his rule and his people. So many of these deals that he was trying to cut were very unwise and very short-sighted. But often, you know, when we feel backed into a corner... Uh, We often make bad choices. And so he was facing big problems. And he lost sight of God, and it led him to make some bad choices. And so God sent the prophet Isaiah to Ahaz. And this happened all throughout the history of Israel. There were prophets who were sent to kings to try to help them get back on track. And what you'll find as you read through the books of like 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, Almost all the kings rejected the prophets and didn't want to hear what they had to say. A good ruler always listens to the prophets. But kings often don't want to listen to the prophets because they're often challenging them and pushing them. And so Ahaz had Isaiah kind of in his ear trying to push him and challenge him to be the leader that God wanted him to be. And so the prophet Ahaz, um, or the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah went to Ahaz to remind him that God was indeed with him That even though he was facing all these struggles, that he still needed to stay connected and devoted to God's way. And he was trying to help him to see that God was indeed there. And so he gave Ahaz a sign. He gave him a sign. 
Now, God gave many signs to his, through his people throughout the history of Israel. Um, and many of these signs were very grand, very big, very miraculous things. Um, some of the signs that come to my mind immediately that God gave to Israel, the plagues, for example, those were very powerful signs that were actually terrifying. Um, the miraculous births, there were women, old women who could not give birth uh, for their entire lives that were able to finally give birth. That's a sign from God. The parting of the Red Sea was a miraculous sign for God. The, the pillar of fire that was in the sky that guided the Israelites in the wilderness, powerful sign from God. Water gushed forward uh, from a rock was another sign. I thought of manna that rained down from heaven and the quail that rained down from heaven. All these signs were powerful things that reminded people that God was present with them and that they weren't alone. And all these signs that I mentioned, they were easy to see because they were out of the ordinary. They were even awe-inspiring, miraculous. And this is often what we think of when we think of a sign from God. However, this time, the sign that God brought to Ahaz was not something out of the ordinary, like a pillar of fire in the sky or quail falling down from heaven. The sign that God gave Ahaz was something so everyday, so common, so routine. A young woman is with child and shall bear a son. And as I read this, I think, how is this a sign from God? Young women give birth every single day. This couldn't be a sign from the Almighty God. It's too ordinary. It's too normal. It's too common. Maybe I would want something a bit more noticeable if I wanted a sign from God when I'm dealing with all these geopolitical problems in the world. But this is not the sign that God gave to Ahaz. I wonder if the ancient translators of the Hebrew Scriptures felt similarly to me. And I'll explain why. I read the NRSV version of this text for you this morning. However, if you go and you read others, we'll see that there's a difference. Verse 14 in the NRSV says, The young woman is with child and shall bear a son. However, if you read other translations, some of them say that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Now, those are very different things, right? If it's just saying a young woman will give birth to a son, that is every day, that is common, that's a thing that happens all the time in our world since the beginning of time. Now, if it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, that is not a very common thing, right? That does not happen very often. So as I notice this, if you ever are reading your Bible and you're confused about a passage, or it's good even just to do this at times, is you're studying a passage, look at different translations. And if you notice that there is a significant difference between the translations, then know that there has been a debate about these verses for a very long time. And that there is no resolution exactly on how they ought to be translated. We are reading the Bible in English. The Bible was not originally written in English. English didn't exist back then. The Old Testament was written in ancient Hebrew, and then the New Testament in Greek. And so we are far removed from those languages today. And so we are reading other people's interpretations on how they should be translated. And so I found it interesting that some translations say the young woman and others say the virgin, which are different things. 
And so I want to share two possible reasons why some translators use the word virgin in these verses. Because here's the thing. In the original Hebrew, it does not say virgin. It says the young woman. So later on, there was a Greek translation of the Old Testament pretty cl- up uh, before Jesus was born, but a, few, a couple hundred years before that. There was a Greek translation of the Old Testament that was written. And in the Greek translation, they translated the Hebrew as virgin. And so many of the translations we have today looked at that and they're like, we're going to go along with the Greek translation of the Hebrew. Now another reason is that this verse that I read for you, many Christians, the early Christians, interpreted this section of Isaiah to be a prophecy about Jesus who was born of the Virgin Mary. And so if the Hebrew said, you know, it said young woman, well, they're like, well, I would favor virgin because we think that this is about Jesus. And so we're going to take the interpretation of the translation that says virgin. So after hundreds of years from when this event actually happened, somehow this event, uh, many people began to interpret this text hundreds of years later as to be more than just a woman giving birth. But it was, they were started to see it as a young woman in this text had to be a virgin. Now, we can't say for certain what Isaiah actually said to Ahaz in that moment um, because we weren't there and it was a long time ago. But all we have now is this ancient Hebrew text. And I don't think that we can ignore the fact that the Hebrew does not use that particular word. It speaks about a woman's age and the fact she was pregnant but does not say anything about her past sexual history. I believe the original hearers of this prophecy, and probably the prophet himself, likely were not speaking about a virgin birth. And they certainly weren't thinking about Jesus. This was hundreds and hundreds of years before him. Now, of course, Christians have read this text, and they have interpreted this as being about Jesus, because they read this, and they're like, this reminds us of Jesus. But we have to remember that the Old Testament prophets, they weren't so much fortune tellers. We often think that the prophets were, were just telling, thing, telling stuff about the future and they had some kind of magic ability to read into the future and tell us specifically what was going to happen hundreds of years later. The primary purpose of a prophet was not that. Their primary purpose was to speak to the current moment they were in And many of them were speaking to current, everyday events that were happening in their time in which they prophesied. And they were trying to speak to the current struggles of their people. And so prophets spoke to the current events in the time in which they lived, but often these prophecies could also foreshadow things that were going to come in the future. And let me give you an example that we talked about just last week. Last week we read a prophecy in Isaiah about a road being paved through the desert that would not be a dangerous road. It would be a safe road. No one's going to attack you on this road because often traveling on roads back then was not a safe thing to do because there would be bandits and wild animals and drought and and starvation. And so he said, no, there's this road in the desert that's going to lead you back home. And now we read that today, and, and we think of sometime in the future when God is going to come back and lead us all back to our heavenly home, right? But during that time, the Israelites were living in exile in Babylon, 
And they would have read this text as talking about an actual path that is going to be paved for them to go back to Jerusalem and return home from being in exile in Babylon. And so this text was about that. It was about returning home from exile and going back to Jerusalem. But this text also foreshadows a day in the future where we will all come home to our eternal home with God, right? And so I believe this passage that I read for you today is about a real-life woman giving birth during the time of Ahaz, but also points to another birth, another sign that was Mary giving birth to Jesus. So when Isaiah spoke to King Ahaz about this sign, the point he was trying to make was not anything to do with whether this woman was a virgin or not. I believe his point was he was talking about the birth of a son, not her past sexual history. And Isaiah was possibly even speaking about an actual woman when he said this. I like to imagine Ahaz talk, or Isaiah talking to Ahaz in wherever they were, and he says, hey, Ahaz, you don't want a sign from God, but I'm going to give you one anyway. And here's your sign. You see this woman over here? This woman is pregnant, and she's about to give birth to a son. King Ahaz was stressed out about really big problems. And to give him some comfort and reassurance, God gave him a sign. A woman will give birth to a son. This sign from God is so common and ordinary. Women give birth every single day in this world. Yet, when I really thought about it, and I think when you all really think about it, the birth of a child is one of the most beautiful and powerful and awe-inspiring moments that we experience here on earth. It's honestly life-altering and life-changing. One of my friends recently got married, and he's my age, and he wasn't sure if he would ever get married, and he had never planned on having children um, yet, after he got married, his, his wife was pregnant, and they ended up, uh, you know, spent months waiting for this new baby. And after his daughter was born, my friend told me, I texted him and said, how you doing, you know? And he said something along the lines of, my life is completely turned upside down, and I'm completely fine with it. As soon as he and his wife saw their daughter, they were consumed with a fierce, all-consuming love for this new life that they hailed in their hands. You know, I remember when my wife and I picked up our first foster son chosen from the hospital. It was during COVID, and, and they had all these restrictions in place, and so it took us probably over an hour just to get to the place where he was in the hospital. He was only six days old, and we were so anxious to see him. And we were getting so stressed out, we're like, can we just get back there? And they were prohibiting us for so many reasons. And finally, we were able to get there. And I was so nervous. I shared this with many of you all before. I was terrified. Um, I remember when we got the call, we called our friends. We were like, we're freaking out. We don't know what to do. We don't know about babies. And we were so scared. But as soon as we got to the place where these babies were, and we looked at him, and we laid eyes on that baby, laying in his bassinet, just love, like, consumed us. We were terrified, but fear had no power in that room because love is all we felt in that moment. We even wondered, you know, if we could love another baby as much as we loved Chosen. Those of you who have multiple children, you may have had that thought, can I love another child as much as my first? 
but we experienced that same feeling when we picked up Kai from the hospital earlier this year, six days old again, and we saw his beautiful crazy head of hair, and we looked at this little creature, and we're like, what is this thing, you know? And we were so full of love for him in that moment. It was a holy moment. It was an awe-inspiring moment, and it changed us at the core of our being. We knew that God was with us 100% when we were there at the hospital. Isaiah said to the king Ahaz that the woman's son, this woman he was referring to, would have a son, and he would be named Emmanuel, God with us. King Ahaz had lost sight of God. He was so wrapped up in politics and power and self-protection. He was so consumed by all the stress around him that he lost sight of the ways that God reveals himself to the world each and every moment of the day. What better sign could God give Ahaz to assure him that he hasn't abandoned his creation? A mother giving birth to a baby is perfect. It's like, Ahaz, you're all stressed out, but babies are still being born. Young women are still getting pregnant and having babies. New life is still entering into this world, and you're too blind to see it because you're so stressed out by everything going on around you. Think of a child growing and learning and opening up to the world. It all points to the goodness and the creative power of God. Of course, this baby's name is Emmanuel because every birth ought to remind us that God is present that God is still moving, that God is still bringing new life into places that seem dead. As we've watched Kai grow up the last 11 months, we've found ourselves marveling at the creative work of God. The other day, like, I was just watching Kai try to figure some stuff out. And, and it's so, he's at the age where he's learning things every single day. And, and he was trying to get from like a side table to this chest that was in our back room. And he's not walking fully independently yet, but he's figuring out how to get around. And he had a toy in his hand, and he did not want to let go of his toy, but he needed both hands to get to where he was going. And I watched him in a moment. He looked, and he kind of thought about it, and he figured out he could, like, put his toy, loop it over his thumb, and he could still have access to his fingers. And so he reached from the table to the chest, and then he made it over with his toy, unscathed, did it. He figured it out. And I just watched him in that moment, and I'm just like, I didn't help him at all. He figured all this out on his own. All this was inside of him. This was all inside of him. And it just reminded me that God is here, that God is real. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, the greatest teacher of all time, he was on a mission to help the world see differently. He repeatedly talked over and over again, about having the eyes of God. Can you see, he would say. Can you see it? He talked about sight time after time after time. He healed people who had physically lost their ability to see, but it was pointing to a greater and more deeper way of seeing in the world, saying that he has come to help us to see differently. Can you see it? Can you see the ways that God is moving around us? Can you see signs of new creation? In our midst. King Ahaz couldn't see it. He became so consumed in his troubles that he lost track of God. And Isaiah reminded him that God is still present, that God is still moving, that God is still creating, that God is still bringing new life into this world if you have the eyes to see and if you look in the right places. 
He wasn't going to see it in the geopolitical power moves of his day. God was calling him to look elsewhere. He said, look, here's your sign. A young woman is pregnant and is going to give birth. Look to the day-to-day, the everyday, the seemingly ordinary things. Because in those things, God is moving. And if we have eyes to see it, then we can see that God is indeed with us. And I'll tell you, if we, when we read something in the Old Testament, if we immediately want to jump to the New Testament, then we lose track of these kinds of meanings that we can find, right? Isaiah, the, the Jews who read this aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about something else. They were speaking power to them in this moment. This young woman giving birth was a sign from God that God had not abandoned his people and was there. You know, I wonder if we could learn something from this. We are often so distracted, so consumed by media, by news, by drama, by our issues, by our anxieties, that we struggle to see God in the miracles and the beauty of everyday life. Often we're way too busy, we're working too hard, we don't take time to pull aside and to actually pay attention to what is going on around us. Ahaz was not going to see it in those things, but he needed to take time to step aside and to see that God was still there. You know, I went for a run uh, for the first time in a while uh, the other morning, and I was thinking about my sermon as I was running, and I was listening to some music, and And I really was just able in that moment, and I forgot how good it is for me to get out and do this kind of thing. Um, Because in that moment, I I was able to kind of shut out a lot of the distractions and a lot of the stress and anxiety that I've been feeling in my life. And and as I kind of settled into it and slowed down and just was able to, to kind of let my mind clear, I noticed the beautiful clouds. I noticed the colorful sunrise. I noticed the cool breeze hitting my face. And in my mind, the clouds could be named Emmanuel, God with us. The sun that rises each and every day could be named Emmanuel, God with us. Because these everyday, ordinary things remind us of God's presence, of God's creative energy, of God's love for his world. I feel like Isaiah could have shown Ahaz a number of signs to remind him of God's love and present. He said, Ahaz, here's your sign. Look. A seed is growing beneath the soil, and soon it's going to sprout, and it's going to grow into an olive tree that's going to give fruit and life to many, and that tree will be called Emmanuel, God with us. There's so much life around us. There's so much love around us, so much beauty all around us, and do we have eyes to see it? God is not far off. God is near. God is everywhere. You know, it says in Scripture, where can we go to get away from God's presence? Nowhere. Nowhere. God is everywhere. God's creative energy is working all around us, bringing new life to his creation each and every moment of the day. Can you see it? Can you see it? Perhaps you can reflect on what reminds you of God's presence. What reminds you that God is indeed near to us? You know, I told you all last week I was feeling pretty down and having a hard time. And one thing that is helping me this past week is to slow down and disconnect some and to pay attention. And I've tried to reflect this week on some ways that I've seen God moving in my life, in my community, in the world around me. A few things that came to mind. A few weeks ago, I went to to Raven Run and just went for a walk uh, in the woods. And I took just me and I took my camera with me and I was really just trying to pay attention. I was trying to notice uh, the beauty that maybe I typically 
would overlook. And what I saw was beautiful colors in the leaves that normally I wouldn't notice. I saw the reflection of trees in the puddles. I saw a river that was the strangest color of green. And it was Emmanuel, it was God with us that spoke to me in that moment. At Chosen's memorial service, dozens of close friends and family came forward and every one of them gave me and Laura a hug. And I'd never had that many hugs at once. And, and it reminded me in that moment that I was loved. Emmanuel, God with us. After Chosen passed away, uh, Jimmy, who's here today, a common good graduate, called me and Laura. And, and he told us that he was proud of us and that he loved us and that, uh, that he was there for us if we needed anything. And it, and it meant so much to us that someone we've mentored and watched grow up was able to then share that back with us and show us love and kindness in that moment. And for me, that reminded me that God was present, that God was with us, Emmanuel. The other day, Laura was in the living room just tossing a ball of yarn up and down in the air, and, and Kai was watching her throw it up and catching it, and, and he had wonder in his eyes, <laughs> and he started laughing with this deep belly laugh that I don't know where it came from, and he is just dying laughing, watching her throw a ball of yarn in the air. I don't know why he loved it, but he did. That simple joy of laughing with him reminded me that God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Week after week, our worship team just continues to make beautiful music that mysteriously connects us deep within our spirits and lifts us up to God. It's Emmanuel, God with us. God is here. God is present. Love is all around us. Babies, plants, friends, music, mountains, rivers, wind, rainbows, laughter, food, all of it is gift. All of it is a gift from God. And it all says, I love you. I am here. I have not abandoned you. So I want to ask you this morning just to reflect, where do you see God's presence? How can you see God moving in our midst in the everyday things of life? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning. And communion is just a a powerful experience that we have where we believe we are actually in some mystical way united with Jesus as we share this together. We don't take it as far as some to say that these actually turn into the body and blood of Jesus in real life, but we do believe that uh, Jesus' mystical and spiritual presence is present in these common things when we share communion together that we can be united with God as we eat this little wafer and drink this juice, that something miraculous happens every time we come together and share communion. And one thing I always think of when I share communion is the first time that Jesus shared this meal with his disciples that's recorded in the Gospels. Like Some call it the Last Supper. It was this last time that Jesus shared with his disciples and one of the things he repeated over and over and over again was, I am not going to abandon you. I will not leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. Over and over and over again. Because he told him I'm leaving. But he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. So I'm going to send you the advocate. This, my spirit is going to be in you and with you, walking with you. As I leave and go, 
you're not going to be left alone. And so as we share communion, we can remember that, that, that God is indeed with us. You know, the ways that just a, a birth of a child can remind us of God's presence. We, we as Christians, we read that text and we're like, that's beautiful. But even something more profound than that even happened when Jesus came and walked among us, right? When they read, and that child shall be called Emmanuel, I'm sure the early Christians were like, yeah, that's the way we can talk about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is literally God's presence among us here in this world. And so through Jesus, we get to experience an even fuller version of all this stuff we've talked about. Yes, we can see God in the day-to-day and all the things that we're saying, but Jesus has brought God's presence in a most powerful way we could ever imagine into this world. That God literally incarnated himself and came and walked among us in human form. And not only that, when he ascended into heaven, he didn't leave us alone, but the Holy Spirit came and consumed all of us and filled us up. So now we have God's presence living within us anywhere we go. So even if we were completely alone in the lowest pit of the earth and we couldn't see beauty anywhere around us, God's Spirit still is living within us. And we still are not alone. We still have Emmanuel, God, with us. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. God, thank you so much for your love. We thank you that you are everywhere, that, that, that if we can have eyes to see, that we can see you everywhere, that we can see you in all the things, that we can see you moving and working in small and big ways all around us. We thank you for the way that you reveal your creativity and your love and your, your, your new uh, life that you bring, Lord, the newness of you, that you reveal it in all sorts of things around us, that we see new life sprouting up in so many different ways. We thank you for the birth of babies. We thank you for the way that they bring joy and hope and peace and love into our lives. We thank you for the gift of all these other ways, Lord, that you are communicating. I love you. I love you, I love you, over and over and over again to us. And help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear today. I pray, Lord, you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this food and drink, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ. Fill us up today in a fresh way. Help us to leave here knowing that we are not alone, that you are with us, and that you love us. Pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. If y'all want to go ahead and get out the wafer on top, and those at home, whatever food you've set aside for this purpose, you can go ahead and get that. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to close by singing a song together. As you're able, I invite you to stand for our closing song. If you'd like prayer, um, I'd be happy to lift you up in prayer up here at the altar. Um, just come find me. I'll be over here. If you want to pray on your own, just come and have some time with God. Mary, full of grace, the Lord your God is with Blessed are you to bless all the world. 
Mary, peace is yours. The Spirit is upon you. You will be with child. Do not fear. Mother of God, your baby boy will grant us peace. Your baby boy will grant us peace. Word made flesh, born of Virgin Mary, hope is in the world, Emmanuel. Lamb of God, born to die, he came, he would show the God. 
Amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, my hope is that, that God was speaking to you in some way, and hopefully you leave here feeling more encouraged. I did want to share just a few brief things before you leave. If you uh, are here for the first time, or if you have a prayer request, or you have new information you'd like to share with us, there are Connect cards um, in the pews, and we love when you all fill those out. You can put those in the box here by this door, or the box in the back of the sanctuary as well, and those will get to the right place. You can just fold it up and stick it in there. Um, also, if you'd like to give a, a financial gift to the church, a tithe or an offering this morning, then we would uh, greatly appreciate your support. Uh, thank you all uh, for those who have supported our church throughout this year. We've had a, a good year. We've done a lot of ministry, and you all have stepped in and really stepped up and, and helped support our ministry. So thank you so much for your continued support. Um, if you'd like to give this morning, you can do so online or in either of those boxes by the doors. Um, also, if you need prayer, then you can put on the Connect card. You can also email prayer at embraceyourcity.com, and that will get to our prayer team. A couple of announcements I do want to highlight uh, for this morning. I encourage you to read the whole handout sheet. But the first one is that Sue Crone, um, who is a member here at Embrace, is going to be in the cafe selling um, some ornaments and keychains that were from uh, that are going to benefit uh, her sister's ministry in Costa Rica. And so these would be a great gift to give to someone, and all the proceeds are going to go uh, to benefit Sally Crone's uh, sister, Johnson's, uh, I think that's her full name, yeah, uh, her ministry in Costa Rica, and she's a person that we support as well at Embrace through our uh, monthly budget. Also, uh, we have a Christmas Eve service coming up on Saturday of this week, and so that will be at 5 o'clock. It'll be a candlelight service. It'll be great. I encourage you to come out. If you're in town, bring your families with you. Um, come on out. We'll have a really good time. We won't have nursery um, or any stuff for kids at night, but we'll just have the whole family in here on Christmas Eve. And then also on the next day, on Sunday, Christmas Day is on a Sunday this year, uh, we will be having church at 11 o'clock as usual, and so I encourage you to come out. It'll be a fun, laid-back time. We'll have um, kids and, and babies will be in here again. We will have the nursery open if, you want, if a parent needs to go in there for any reason, but we won't have anyone staffing it that morning. And so come worship with us on Christmas Day if you're able. And then finally, I do want to let you know that we are not going to be having the gathering, our Monday night ministry on uh, December 26th or on January 2nd. And so we'll be taking off two weeks. So we'll have it tomorrow, and then we'll take two weeks off, and then we'll be back after that. All sound good? All right, so when you're done, if you're interested, go check out uh, what Sue's got going on in the cafe, and she can tell you more about her sister's ministry, too, if you're interested in learning more. But if you would prepare your hearts now for the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.